Hello and welcome to episode 5 of The Scale Up. This show, I'm joined by John Brooks, founder and pricing consultant at The Value Advantage. John works with agency owners to help them win higher fees and more retainers by pricing their offer better. Now, John's got a wealth of experience in this subject as he was the first head of product in pricing at Reed. In this episode, John shares a load of valuable insights into how, by changing the way that you price your service offering and communicating that better with your clients, how you're able to get higher fees and also make things like negotiation far, far easier. This episode is one not to be missed. And if you're thinking about making any changes to your pricing, strongly suggest you connect with John Brooks at the end of this show. Thank you so much for taking the time out and enjoy. Good afternoon, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in and joining uh, this episode of uh, The Scale Up. I'm absolutely delighted this afternoon to be joined by John Brooks. Uh, John, I'll uh, I'll uh, let you tell everyone a little bit about yourself for those of you that don't know you that are on the call today. Thanks. Uh, yeah, hi, everyone. Uh, I help recruiters to improve their pricing. That's me in a nutshell. Brilliant. Great. And uh, and your background, John, how did you find yourself like getting into this? Talk to us a little bit about your, about your story because it's kind of a, it's a niche role, right? Not many people do this stuff. Not many people. No one. <laughs> no one. <laughs> That's it. I, I often tell people to niche and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I managed yeah. it. Um, yeah, so it started off, fell into recruitment, of course. I started off at Reed Recruitment and actually um, had a lot of leeway doing different uh really interesting roles there a lot around building new services uh, exec search retainers uh, I had a marketing team for a bit um, and then was head of pricing there um, again I've not found anyone else who does who's been a head of pricing in a recruiting agency so I'll have that one as well yeah. um, and a couple of years spun out and on my own so set up my own business again helping recruiters with their pricing strategies, which uh, we will talk about the, the nuts and bolts of that as we go, I guess. Yeah, awesome. That's great. And I think, um, so if anyone's got any questions as well, just caveat this as well, please don't hesitate to drop them in the comments. Um, we're going to be covering off a lot today. So if anything prompts any any questions, just fire them in and I'll do my best to, to field them over to John. So pricing and recruitment, it's a bit of a, some would say it's dead easy. Some would say it, it's a minefield. A lot would say it's just a percentage of the annual salary in Perm. Um, is that the case? I, I'd love to see how many people say it's easy. <laughs> Enough people find it hard that, um, yeah, I've got a job going. So uh, that helps. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, on the Perm side, it's a percentage of salary. Um, interestingly a lot of recruiters are like oh cool so can we do something better than percentage of salaries is that the problem percentage of salary actually works really well for one reason salaries always go up yeah you plot salaries on a graph they've never gone down um so our fees naturally go up so unlike a lot of b2b industries we don't have to put our prices up um, so we don't say yeah, the, the problem with having a fixed price, if you charged five grand five years ago, you'd still be charging five grand unless you did something about it. You charge 20%, salaries go up and your pound fee goes up. So that's a good thing. I actually, I actually like percentages. Um, yeah, so 
that's that's the first thing to say and and where do you think then um where do you think a lot of businesses do go wrong with this stuff then john i think a lot of people see in my view see pricing as quite hard but maybe don't think there's an answer See, I, I speak to people and they say, oh, yeah, no, I, I want to do something different, you know, whether they're running a large recruitment agency or yeah, they're a successful consultant within a recruitment agency um, or where they've spun out and they've, they've set up on their own. They're thinking, yeah, I want to do things differently. I want to do things better. And you know, Pager and various other things help you do that. But when they've struggled with pricing in the past, they thought, well, I don't know, what, what can we do? So everyone feels like they're doing pretty much the same thing. Um, the challenge for recruiters is, as I see it, is we offer a single service. So if we look at perm recruitment, we go in and we say, okay, you've got a role. I filled roles like that for people like you before. That's a good start. Here's why I'm amazing. And maybe the clients tune out when we're saying that. Um, and then you say, so yeah, that's my service it's x percent is that okay is what a lot of people don't say and of course the client is invited to negotiate and they negotiate hard on price so what i try and do is move people to some people call it productization or having three services or packaging your services in different ways and that conversation becomes very different so starts off the same way you say yeah I, I can fill these roles i've done this before there are three ways i can do this so rather than jumping to price and therefore negotiation you have a really engaged conversation about value so the client says oh well, yeah what are the differences why why would i choose one service over the other oh i see in that service you've got this and i value that or i don't value that so it's a two-way conversation around value, focusing on services, which of course improves uh, how your clients perceive you and actually helps you win a better price. I like that. Um, and so I think there'll be a, like you, you alluded to it a moment ago that a lot of um, people will sort of, everyone kind of offers a similar type service. So do you think with all of this, the first thing that if you're if you're tuning into this, you have to think about is well, well, like breaking down your service and, and what you do when it comes to sort of productization. And is that the first place you would start if you're gonna gonna have a have a stab at this? Other than of course uh, uh, speaking to yourself. Hmm. Well, if they want to do that thinking first and then come to me, it makes my life easier. Um, yeah, absolutely. You want to have a look at um, what you offer, and I recommend you yeah. Take it chronologically. What, what are you offering these people, yeah, your clients? Um, and what's interesting, so I've worked with quite a few recruiters now. Obviously, the steps are the same. But actually, I don't think I've had one recruiter the same as another. There are quite big points of difference within that process. So, yeah, you start off your advertising the role or attracting candidates through advertising or other methods even in that yeah people have different views on that some people focus more on that some people focus less on that assessing candidates referencing candidates every part of that process once you drill into it there's a lot of detail there and as i said before 
if you kind of if you've got a monologue that tells a client that talks at a client about how different you are they're like oh it's a sales pitch i'll think about other problems i've got coming up <laughs> uh, and then i'll come back to you when i need to negotiate with you whereas if you break that down you know, you've got these differences and you break down those services and it, the client engages in them and they say oh that's pretty interesting yeah actually you're right i do value now let's in the current market attracting candidates right let's look at the ways you do that um so yeah your clients get involved with that but like i say it's great to see how different different recruiters are especially as when the reputation and even self-perception is that we're all doing the same job yeah i like that that's good and how would you suggest like an, an agency come up with like sort of pricing their offering fairly I think fair prices is a really interesting term. Um, uh, when I was rolling out pricing, Reed worked with a top recruiter, probably the best recruiter I've I worked with at Reach, certainly. And she was saying, oh, I, I want to provide the best service to all my clients. It's like, yeah, fair enough, good. And it's a great service, you know, I knew what she did. I said, okay, so how do you price that? And she's like, oh, I go in at this price and you know, if they push really hard, then I'll come down, I'll come down. So I was saying, all right, so let's kind of play that back. Everyone gets a great service, so the same service, but the harder they push, the cheaper the price. So that feels very unfair. Um, so she hadn't looked at it in that way and I'm sure she didn't enjoy me pointing it out at the time. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I needed to bring it around to a different way of thinking. Um, but yeah, so when you look at what is normal for most of us, you think actually that's pretty unfair. Whereas if you lay out and say, there's different ways we can do this, you know, you've, you've got different packages and you let the client choose what they want, then that's fair. Um, yeah, it's certainly not unfair because it's the client is choosing. So there's any unfairness it's 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 on them right yeah um, if you take i don't know any example yeah trainers now you can spend a fortune on sneakers trainers whatever you call them so if a, yeah if a consumer goes and buys a 250 pair of trainers pound pair of trainers that's not unfair because they could have bought a 50 pound pair of trainers yeah so it's it's surprising that you can that people sell trainers for hundreds and hundreds of pounds, but there's no unfairness to it. And I suppose that opens up the scope more, even if you are going into the productization and breaking down the service offering that you have, that when the client, you know, if you're getting to that and you're pitching for a business and you're, or you're discussing that you can solve specific problems for a client, you present your offering and they come in saying, well, well, I want the top offering, but I don't want to pay that for it. You're like, well, that's fine. Let's let's take this bit off and that bit off and that brings you into the, the what we call the 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 silver offer whatever you want to call it the middle offering but then you are like you say you're not you're not then compelled to um, yeah not everyone gets the same level of service for the same price and I think that's just that equates the two two things right it's it's fair for the for the client but it just equates to good business as well right it's uh, yeah. your time uh, I talk talk to a lot of recruitment owners about this and they're kind of the penny drops and they say oh yeah we try and add value all the time no matter what the price 
Um, so yeah, free value. Yeah, the clients don't say no, and of course they push for it. Yeah, that's their prerogative. Um, but yeah, they ask for something, we do it. We don't think, oh, there's there's a cost to that because I'm adding value. Yeah, and I guess that like the knock-on impact of that is is it. Um... Well, what is the knock-on impact of doing this, actually? Um, the knock-on impact of giving your clients choice is that they can choose to pay you more. So I think I'd be pretty unpopular if I was going into agencies and saying, hey, guys, charge more. Pick up the phone and tell your clients they've got to pay you more. Like, that's not going to go down well. Yeah. But by saying, talk about your services lay out your offerings, obviously understand them, frame them in a way that your clients understand and value, but then have that conversation. It's more consultative and the client is choosing. And what people find is clients choose to pay more. So you can raise your prices without putting your, your only price point up. You know, if you're averaging, I don't know, 18% on perm, and you say, right, we're only going to do 20%. Now, that's painful. If you lay out different options with different price points, one of them may well be under the price you're aiming for, but because you've got that suite of services, clients, if, if you lay it out correctly, a certain number of clients will choose the cheaper option, um, and you package that in a way that that's still good business. But some will say, no, there's, there's more value there. I value that. I want that. I'll pay a bit more for it. I'm willing to pay more for it. I've, I've got the budget. Yeah. I actually have budgets. But I can do that. I can afford to do that. I want to do that. I want to work with you. So I'll choose your better or your top option. Um, so, yeah. And as a consultant, great, more revenue. As a business owner, more revenue and, of course, more profit because – it's the same role you're just getting paid more for it so it's a more profitable business and um i'm jumping out a little bit here a bit on the when you start to position your offering like this um does it make negotiation if the client tries to negotiate with you or hammer you down in the fees do you think it makes that harder or easier if you productize your offering like this definitely easier uh, it doesn't take negotiation away mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'd be doing a great job if I could say no one's ever going to negotiate anymore um, everyone sign up um, no we're a b2b services company industry um, clients have been taught to negotiate they know they've got you know, a good amount of power in the negotiation and yeah we talk to a hiring manager the hiring manager knows that when they go to their boss and say oh I've chosen to go with this recruiter, the boss is going to say, oh, did you negotiate? So, of course, it's going to be there. The difference is at the moment, if all we do is say, I can recruit that role, it's X percent, then everyone knows that that price has to come down. Yeah. Very hard to defend it if all we've said is that's the price. When you've got your products, uh, your different packages, We've already covered some of the things, some of the ways you can defend or even justify yeah. um, why that price is that price. Yeah. And at a very basic level, 
there's more service, there's more value in the, those top packages, you pay more for them. Yeah. So that's your starting point. So there's a logic, there's a nice logic there. So you've got that foundation. When we then come to negotiate, the client will push back. You say, you can use that logic to your favor. You can say, well, clearly I can't bring my my top service down to the price of my bottom service. That's, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and as consumers, we know that never happens. I might get a deal on, you know, an airline ticket, but I won't get a first class ticket for the price of an economy ticket. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've set boundaries. We've we've got expectation. So you've got all that. Um, but because you're then talking about service, you can then, well, I think it's an example you mentioned a minute ago, you can then start saying, okay, well, if the price comes down, do we start stripping stuff out? Yeah. Um, so that's just one example where, yeah, you're in position to to negotiate uh, much more powerfully than if if you just named a price and kind of uh cross your fingers i think all of this as well just allows you to have much more in-depth conversations where your clients round about the value round about the value you can actually bring as well right that's the thing that i, I see so like so often from speaking to people on a daily basis is yeah like we might charge 15 percent and we tell our clients we charge 15 percent, but we joked about this other day online but if bob along the road charges 12 percent, like like <laughs> where do you go where it's an actual fact of your you're mapping this this out and you're breaking down your service offering then from one one part of an exercise it probably gives you a better understanding and a better way to communicate the value you actually bring to your clients as well yeah um yeah and there are occasions where yeah i'm working things through with a you know, business owner business leader and it feels a bit like the you know, business therapy yeah. <laughs> like, yeah i've got these ideas or yeah what is my value <laughs> like, okay we're not going to go too deep, but yeah, yeah. What value do you add to your customers? And yeah, you kind of unravel that. And I think from what I see and, and talking to other people who do similar roles to me, I think you can be too close to it. So I, I mean, you have to be, you have to be close to your, your agency or the division you're leading or the desk you're running. So it can be hard to step back and say, okay, well, what are the themes running through this? Um, and how do my clients see me? Yeah. Or again, I, I add value, of course, by coming in and kind of reflecting that and saying, okay, your clients would see you in this way. Or have you noticed that actually you've talked about these things, the things you do well? Well, actually, if you put those together, that, that feels like a natural package. Yeah. Focusing on you know, a theme. Yeah. Which, as I said at the start, is why, although we're all recruiters doing a similar job, you very quickly see the difference between different agencies and different recruiters. I can imagine there's a, 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 a few eureka moments where they go, what the hell, do we really do all this stuff? <laughs> like, a, a few sort of surprises going, I wasn't aware that there's so much, so much go, go, goes into it. And I think then that, again, just leads to much deeper conversations where, where your clients can be... I don't know, uh, offer negotiation, onboarding processes, copywriting, digital marketing, like all of these different like skills that, I mean, everyone's doing so much these days that I think when you actually get it down on paper, it'll be, it can be a real, a real eye opener, I think. Yeah. And what's interesting, so this is something I did when I was at Reed prior to doing this type of pricing. 
I listed everything and put it together as a marketing document for clients. I said, look at all the things we do. But of course, that's talking at the client. Like, who cares? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, we do loads of stuff. It's like, yeah, whatever. Right, are they taking that document away and reading it? No. Um, so it made us slightly better than we were as an agency, but it didn't really evolve anything at any detail. Um, whereas once we started creating conversations, and the client says, oh, yeah, okay. No, no, that's a good point. I do value that. Or can I have more of this? Can I have less of that? Why do I need that? Like, yeah. why is that in there and but not down there? Um, it's also important to think that, um, yeah, you have different clients, and that's really important to realize. Offering a one-size-fits-all one service is a recipe for disaster when we know how different our clients are. Yeah. Um. But also a client can change. Uh, yeah, an individual can value different things at different points of the conversation or different points in their career. So to assume that one of your clients is always cost-driven means you'll probably leave money on the table. You think, oh, I'll never get more than you know, a low percentage from them. Um, I had a good example a few years back where um, yeah, we've done a lot of work with, yeah, they had a big warehouse, so putting a lot of staff in, so on the perm side, yeah, low rates, get some people just to fill up the warehouse, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and understandably, they didn't want to pay a premium for the recruitment to do that. They then had, so the managing director needed a finance director, and again, because we had these options, turns out the managing director was very happy to pay good money for a great service to make sure they got a really good finance director because that finance director sat next to them every day, backed them up. I mean, literally was you know, running their business finances for them. So of course they valued that more than the other thing. So you want to be careful not to fall into a trap of just thinking, oh, that client only works in this way. And again, if you offer choice and you continually offer choice, your clients are more likely to self-identify and actually self-select. You know, they'll tell you, oh, this role, I actually want your top service because it's important to me. Such a good point. Like there'd be so much revenue, like so much revenue left on the table just through assumption. <laughs> and that's the most dangerous thing you can ever do is assume in this in this industry, right? You can never ever assume. And I think that just sort of puts that to bed and like how if you're you're working with clients that, that do this stuff like do they would you suggest that they they like are they constantly reinforcing or reintroducing the different service offerings like over time how like how often would you say you you should you should bring that sort of thing to the to the table yeah i think with with ad hoc perm roles yeah you should mention it every time so um yeah if you're working with a client you've worked with them before the key is to create a, a really simple way of presenting the packages. Yeah. So, that, yeah, of course, you pick up a new role. You've worked with a client before. You still need to dive in to understand the role, understand the need, how are you going to sell it. You want to check what's changed in the business, even from three months ago or six months ago. So at the same time, say, great, let's, let's just go through these three services again and, you know, you'll 
you can assume, as you say. Yeah. You went for the middle option last time. Uh, it's, it's the same role. You're just expanding the team. Yeah. Is there anything stopping you? And anything has changed that makes you want to pay more? And ask the question. Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what happens is they're like, oh, yeah, actually, we know the market's harder. We need to reach more people. So can we have a higher service from you? And we know you're, we have to pay you more. That worked. Um, and of course, you know, if it's not if it's not so regular with that client, then you, know, you only see them once a year, then quite a lot could have changed. Um, you know, guarantees, rebates, that's that's quite a big thing. People differentiate. And again, surprising how how many different views there are from recruiters in terms of what they want to offer. Um, but it, you can offer a, a guarantee period that a client doesn't think is at all important until one day they're about to go into a meeting with you and they get a text saying two of their team have just resigned, maybe in their probation period, and suddenly guess what's really important? Yeah. So yeah. If you assume that, oh, they've always said they don't like guarantee periods, so I won't bother mentioning it this time. You just lose the again. You leave money on the table. You leave opportunities out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, standard pricing, I think, or the way the industry tends to price itself at the moment, can lead to a lot of people feeling that they have to justify their price all the time. We charge eighteen percent because, and then it's a, a big pile of stuff that comes out after it yeah. to try and sort of. Um, it's, it strikes me that this can help with that as well. Yeah, um, yes, you turn it the other way around. If you talk more about the service and, again, understand what the client values, then... Uh, so I've talked about it being a conversation, but it becomes a, a joint agreement almost. Yeah. On the price. You know, I've had clients, I mean, this is, these are the good clients and <laughs> the good situation. But I have, cli I have clients who kind of, yeah, once you've had that conversation, they kind of nod and say, oh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. That's uh, that's all right. Or, yeah, I, I know I've got to pay more for this one. So, yeah, to your question, they're almost justifying it on your behalf. <laughs> There's yeah. only two of you in the room. Yeah. Um, so they're taking that role on for you. Um, as you say, when you are... Um, when you are having to almost defensively justify, there you're already losing the argument. You're you're, yeah. you're in a bad position at that point. Um, whereas if you've talked about value, the ideal situation is you talk through these three services, and the client is saying, "Yes, I want that one." They're saying, "I want to work with you." Yeah. And when they want to work with you. They say, in effect, they're saying, can I work with you? And then rather than justifying the price, you say, yes, you can work with me at this price. And maybe it only feels like a, a little shift, but you don't need to justify that. Then They're, they're asking for your help um, rather than I think the relationship is often, you know, recruiters were kind of, we're under pressure to get the job on so we're asking for the favor we're saying can you give me that job so then it's the question of well 
yeah what price will you give me yeah it's interesting because i think i'm big believer in like the old school like the, the old school elevator pitch type thing is kind of it's kind of done now like people really they, they 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 care about if you can solve their problems like rather than the rather than the the kind of what you so when you're if you're when you're building this stuff in and you're like thinking about your service offerings and stuff is it a mix of like the 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 what and the how and also the problem that's solved in these uh, the kind of problem is well we need we need the right talent at the right times and the right level right it's kind of a, a common problem but the knock-on impact of that can be i don't know if you're running a tech team and you've lost a top developer that you're going to miss a deadline on a project for example and that could equate to yeah up. yeah yeah the way you frame that's quite nice that um that is more of the kind of the exploratory discussion before right. the services, right? Yeah. I think a lot of recruiters do that pretty well. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely something to train on and be confident on. Um, but yeah, to identify the problem, but then just say, oh, I'll send some CVs over or for the client not to engage. So then the client thinks that's all you do. You do standard recruitment. Um, identifying the problem. And again, this is a nice way of testing your clients. So, yeah, testing their desire and actually, uh, yeah, qualifying the job. Um, if, if they say, yeah, yeah, this is a big problem. This is going to cost us millions of pounds or this will make us millions of pounds. You're like, great. And then you lay out your options and they're like, oh, I don't know. Too expensive and it's too much effort. Or <laughs> yeah, then you're like, okay, well, either you're not going to make millions of pounds from it or you're not engaged in me. There's a there's an issue here. Yeah. The disconnect. Um, and I think that's, I mean, it's a huge problem right now. We don't want busy recruiters. We want productive recruiters, which means replacing people, really. Um, and, you know, fill rates are, uh, yeah, I think 20%, 35%, 30% in a lot of contingent agencies. So, we're very busy and not particularly successful. So this is yet another way of qualifying your clients. You know, if your clients are difficult to deal with when you lay out your services and you ask them what they value, then they're going to be incredibly difficult to deal with when it comes to you know, hiring someone and paying them £60,000 and then paying you a fee on top of that. Um, yeah, you've got a lot of red flags earlier. That's really interesting. I think you give folk a, a, a ton of a ton of things to to think about. Um, if anyone's wanting to uh, take the discussion further, John, and uh, and, uh, and have a natter with you about this and, and kind of what you're what you're doing, what's the best way for them to, to reach out and get in contact with you? Yeah, uh, LinkedIn. Obviously, I sit there all day as we already. Um, one thing I've done uh, recently that. I've getting some good feedback on, but I'd love your guys' thoughts on it as well. Uh, and you can test it out as well, obviously, is um, I've put together something called the pricing test. So it's designed for recruiters. Um, takes about a minute, but just some yes, no questions of where are you right now on your pricing? Um, and it's kind of three areas 
Oh, that's slick. You guys are so on it. <laughs> we did not fall for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't prep it, but I thought, no. I'm going to test you. Whoever's whoever's on the text, I'm going to I'm going to think of something that, else. That, 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 that was me. It's because I did my research before we came on this today, yeah. but I didn't come on this blind. So. <laughs> Lick. Um, yeah, so the pricing test. Um, I mean, in one sense, it's a bit of fun. It's, it's, it's not too hard to do, but it's designed to get you thinking, hang on, what am I, uh, what am I doing well here and what am I not doing well? Where are the opportunities? And for anyone who's listening to this on a podcast, John, what's the URL that they go to in case they're listening to this on just audio at a later date? Good point. The URL is long. So go to my LinkedIn, which is John Brooks, J-O-N. Um, and very good. There's now a war. Pull <laughs> that up, Emily. Yeah. Um, so, sorry for people who are listening to this. None of this makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of URLs are popping up everywhere. Um, yeah. Um, go to my LinkedIn, John Brooks, and uh, on my profile, it's got the link to the pricing test and anything else I choose to come up with between when we record it. And, that's amazing and if you could give people one bit one bit of invi- uh, advice about pricing what would it be oh um so one thing i learned at read because uh, i had a bit of resource so i did some pretty interesting market research um clients buy on confidence and i think recruiters get that and i you know I think recruiters are smarter and there's some great tools and great understanding of what we can do. So actually, I think the pitches are probably getting better and better. So your confidence, you're probably coming across to your clients as pretty confident. But obviously then pricing it, you have to be confident. If you end your price with a question mark, then you've burnt all that confidence. So you're saying, yeah, I'm great at what I do. Yeah, I mean, that's a bit big-headed. You're saying, I've done this before. I understand your need. Uh, I can see, yeah, we've talked about the value, et cetera, et cetera. They want to work with you and they say, and then you say, oh, it's uh, 20%. <laughs> Boom, it's all gone. Yeah. Um, that's just cost you, you know, probably a quarter of your revenue. Um, so, yeah, in terms of, yeah, one thing to do differently, build confidence in your prices. And the way to do that is understand where they come from, create logic behind them, be able to justify them. Again, proactively justifying, not defending. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that will, well, at the end of the day, that will make you a lot more money. Brilliant. John, I have really enjoyed the chat. You've given people loads to think about when it comes to, to pricing and also like articulated the benefits that that can bring to you if you take if you sort of look at this in, in a lot more detail. Um, if anyone wants to connect with John, yeah, jump on over to, to, to his LinkedIn account, take the take that test as well uh, and shoot us a message about, with the results. John, thank you so, so much for taking the time out this afternoon to join us. No problem. Great to see you. Thanks, mate. And thanks to everyone that's joined us live as well. Cheers. Thank you so much. Cheers. Bye-bye.